0: This idea came to me in a dream. Mm -hmm. We go to Peter Dacos' house on a warm Melbourne day. Creepy but good. We head to the outdoor patio area. Mm,
1: There'd be a good patio, wouldn't
0: there? It'd be huge next to the pool. Peter's barbecue is simmering away. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, Josh and Nick have returned home, unless they live there, have returned home for dinner Sunday night. Yep. We capture the fattest,
2: plumpest
0: mosquito that we can find and we encase it in amber. <laughs> yeah. That amber is then given to a team of scientists on a remote island off the coast of the Galapagos Islands. Jeff Goldblum? Not far from Costa Rica. The scientists then extract the Dacos DNA from the mosquito Mm. and with the backing of an eccentric billionaire, we'll just call him Alex Weisslitz, we create
2: Dacosic Park. (laughs) An island park
0: just full of mutated (laughs) Dacoses. in all sizes, in all shapes, for the amusement and for the betterment of society and AFL.
1: There's a theme here. It's, it's like a different version of the Bizarro Dacos village in Macedonia.
0: Yeah. No, it's gone. It's we've got another level now.
1: Lots and lots of. You know, the first thing that came to mind was Velociraptor. Mm. That's Nick, right?
3: Yeah. Peter. Peter.
0: He's definitely on his um on his hind legs with the little, you know. Maybe he's the T Rex. Yeah,
1: Peter's the T Rex. He's the big papa, and yeah. jo- Josh. Josh is more flighty. Surprising, that
0: small one that gets Newman in the end. You know. <laughs> um. Okay, we have we, we've we have been missing for a couple of weeks now, and we're gonna we're gonna dive into this because it's 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 been crazy, but. I think there's really hasn't been, you know, a two-week stretch of football quite like it. Was um, New, was New, was Newman in <laughs> yeah, Jurassic? <he> <laughs> I don't think his character was called Newman. Like a clash of worlds when yeah. you said that. The Dacosses
1: I- and Jurassic Park and Newman, mm-hmm. all in one neat little narrative bundle. Oh look, where else are you going to get this? <laughs> Hi, I'm Nick
0: Dacos from the Collingwood Football Club, and this is Pie Hard. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the
1: toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain Hot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As
3: gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots.
1: He's the smartest guy on the team. We don't have too many to pick from. You've
0: got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this.
3: The bubbles bursting. Three decades of Grand Final wobbles.
0: I still can't believe it. I okay.
1: can. Oh. A Weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. More comfortable myself. the city.
3: Oh my It's as close as you'll get to greatness. You peanut,
0: shut up. Okay, Alex. Let's start with Anzac Day. Yeah. And it is Anzac Day. It's not Anzac Round, just for any other AFL team that's listening to this podcast. Mm. Um, just to get that one real straight, there's only one game. Um, there's only one Anzac Day game. I knew it was going to be a good day when we spotted 90s pie, Mark Richardson, a.k.a. the pack splitter, a.k.a. Alistair Wald, the character from Beverly Hills Cop 3. Look it up. <laughs> Splitting image, identical. At the, in the lobby of the Pullman... Formerly the the Hilton on the Park. We'll, Jolly be,
1: well, be honest, Demo. I messaged you and said you were meeting me at the Pullman, and it was packed. And I I sent a rather cryptic message saying I'm near Richo.
0: You said you're near the Collingwood Richo, and I just assumed that that was a Collingwood supporter that looked like <laughs> the Richardson from Richmond. That's why I couldn't find you. I couldn't find you for seven minutes. Richo,
1: the Collingwood Richo stands head above the crowd, and he's a very unique-looking individual. I'm surprised, Demo, surprised you didn't find me straight away.
0: Could do with him at the moment, couldn't we? He, he still had it. He's an interesting interesting. He looks exactly character. the same. He looks exactly the same, still got the hair. But he's an interesting character, right, because he um, kind of never really, you know, took, the, took his game to the next level, did he? He was, a, he was a servant. He was a servant of the Collingwood Football Club, never set it alight. He was on my dad's like most hated list along with
1: Michael Christian, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I don't think he was particularly. For what sk- reason? Just, I, th- I think dad was underwhelmed by players that had no skill potential.
0: Oh, but potential, but no. Some skill. Some people
1: have a good body for it, and Richo.
0: True. Yeah, he was. He was set. He still got a good body.
1: Great body. Mm. Yeah. Sinking.
0: Shout out to Richo if you are listening.
1: Sinking schooners of the Pullman.
0: It was a. It was a. It was an amazing day. I, I'll. I wanted to ask you a question. How did, how did you get to the game? Do you know the answer to this? <laughs> I do know the answer, but I just want to get this on record. I just need to get a recording I... of this one. So if you can just speak into the microphone and be really clear, I just for- so I can get a clear take.
1: I forgot that I mentioned this, but I had mm-hmm. one of those like music video mornings where everything's <laughs> like you're in a dream. Not only mm-hmm. was it like mid-20s and I was staying down uh, Bayside so I went for a jog in Port Melbourne, which is a bizarre world in itself. Like all personal trainers and like weird 60-year-olds who are fitted. Rollerblades. Rollerblades on the beachfront. Yeah. And um, then I was kind of, wasn't running late, but I was anxious to get to the precinct. You know, on those big days, I like to be in the vicinity. Yeah,
0: you want to log in.
1: I want to log in. I don't want to get caught out, um, you know, kind of rushing at the end.
0: The festivities.
1: And I had a date with you at the Pullman which mm. was half ironic, half just lazy, because it's yeah. probably literally the closest bar to the G. Um, I've
0: got a better one for next time, but, yeah, we'll, we'll just roll with Yeah,
1: shout-out to the poor one, but probably not recommended. <laughs> for a no. big game, they were pretty understaffed, but the beer was okay once I finally got it. Anyway, so I jumped on the – um, I jumped for the first time. I popped my e-scooter, my, e, my e-bike, mm. Virginity, and I jumped on the old Lime. Yep. E bike considered the scooter, but then I thought the potential for grievous bodily injury was super high yeah. on the scooter. Yeah, took the bike and it was just dreamy, like kind of swerving around through, you know, various gardens and across the bridge of the Yarra, and like almost getting run over. But I was just in a, a world of bliss.
0: Did you buy a stack hat from Seven Eleven or did you go? No, they come in the helmetless,
1: hat, the cap, the cap, the hat comes in the basket.
0: Yeah, but you're not. You don't know where that's been,
1: mate. You're you're on an e-scooter mm. like a shared vessel. Yeah,
0: I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not.
1: What you wouldn't put someone else's helmet on?
0: Not over a Collingwood hat, a a pristine Collingwood hat. No chance. No but chance. I've
1: got a big pill for those that haven't seen okay. my head, and um, so there's no chance of me wearing the hat under the helmet. So it was just helmet. Boy, would I have looked a pretty picture with my lime green helmet and bike? Um, But, yeah, the acceleration of those things is good. I mean, you don't have to do much. I was so taken with it that despite having too many beers, I found one at Fed Square and drove it home uh, Mm. after the game in the dark.
0: (laughs) Did you do what everyone else does and park it in the Yarra? (laughs) (laughs) You know where they fish? You'd always see them fishing out like 30 of them.
1: um, It is curious, the business model. Mm. They just, like, we're just going to. Bleeding cash. We're just going to, like dish these out all across the city. You can just do what the fuck you want with them. Yeah. But then I did get the bill. Lawless, like oh, San Francisco. I was blissfully unaware of the the charging, you know, metric. So I did get the bill, and I think it was 15 bucks each way. So it's not like
0: no, it's I not. had to
1: pay for the privilege. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and Uber's about 11 bucks,
1: But it was a great start to the day, and I must say that yeah. after the Pullman, um, the, the first thing I thought when I got into the G was it was Lionel Richie weather
0: yeah yeah it was it was absolutely it had Spot that, on.
1: like it's very hard to get too pent up um and kind of nervous or or kind of you know disturbed before the bounce when it's a blazing twenty four degrees yeah there's a bugle a bugler playing some yeah tunes I
0: actually think described as you described it as rayon weather
1: yeah I messaged you and yeah. said it's, rayon, it's 100% rayon fixture. State mm. The other thing that I recall was, um, I, was just in, I was just obviously in a terrific mood because I was really enjoying the pregame music. You had Augie March playing whatever they play. That was okay. But then they started busting out Boom Crash Opera. And, right. I, and I thought in lieu of um, said um, Lionel, Boom Crash mm. Opera, the early 90s stalwart of Australian rock was a great choice so leading yeah. into the bounces was pretty um pretty elevated mood and then swiftly kind of came down to earth over those first few quarters when it was quite difficult to actually play the game uh, to the level that we'd would like
0: now we haven't even got into it yet but i think i think should we we've got a couple of games to unpack should we should we rip into uh our popular segment hard yes hard no
1: yeah, I think that would be good. I think that people thought that maybe obviously everyone listening devoured all of the football media regarding Anzac Day. I mm. thought it was all it was a dry well, but we're going to keep it coming. Um, it deserves some reiteration. So have you got a hard a hard yes or no for Anzac Day, Demo?
0: Yeah, I got a hard yes. Um, for the last quarter mm. where you just sort of sensed something was going to happen. Now, again, this is the Essendon game, not the Adelaide game, so if you are confused you have every right to be. I get the feeling calling Collingwood people
1: only talk about the last quarter of the last, last two quarter, games. that's
0: all it is. I, I stood the entire last quarter in the standing room section with my back turned to the game, watching it on a screen and what? An an MCC attendant came up to me and she said, Why why aren't you watching the game? And I said, Because from where I stand, mm. I could see just A torrent, a stream of Essendon supporters Uh. coming down the stairs from level four, (laughs) like there was a gas leak in an office building. But not at the start of the fourth quarter. They started streaming out. No, no, no. no. At the start of the quarter, there was an Essendon couple next to me taking selfies.
1: Yeah. Okay. Gloating.
0: Within within like five minutes, they were leaving (laughs) along with so many other Essendon supporters. And one of the there was like a it was one of those games where you're just high fiving strangers. You know, Mm. it was classic. It was really one of those. Yeah, every goal you just yeah. yeah. And um, one of the guys next to me was like, "Where are you going?" And they're like, "It's done. It's done." And by that stage, it was the game where it's like, "Was there was only seven points in it, but it it Mm. never, it never felt like we were gonna lose." And Mm. even when Maynard, you know, gave up that goal, just the. The laughter and the joking that surrounded it—it it just never, mm. it never looked. But my heart, yes. Aside from high-fiving strangers, mm. aside from leaving the ground to just a plume of marijuana smoke <laughs> everywhere, your marijuana smoke, or uh, not mine? Okay. No, on a balmy, on a really balmy Melbourne night. You mean that in Yarra Park? That wasn't high enough. It's outside of Gate Six. Oh, Gate okay, Six. The strangest occurrence happened my my iphone which was 2 weeks old
1: hang on it's not the one you lost last year
0: no no that's another one no oh, that's another one this is it a new one it it died okay and only came to life again the following morning All right and i feel like it was it was the vibration of the goals the last quarter goals the last last quarter heroics from the collingwood football club mm. That, and I don't know if this, if this happened to anyone else, let me know, but it was enough to short circuit um, a, a, an Apple gadget, mm. um, which caused all manner of grief the next morning. Because I woke up and I was looking, I was trying to get the, was trying to work out what to wear. I was trying to look for the weather. You know, I was trying to check mm. the schedules for, for trains and Ubers. If you try doing that without a phone, it takes your, takes your way back.
1: And suddenly it turns on and. You look at the screen and you're inside the mind of Fly
0: Macrae. You are. It's, <laughs> you've penetrated it. But um, no, that's that's my my hard yes was the the just the sheer elation and and, and celebratory mood of of being surrounded by random Collingwood supporters when you just felt we just knew this was happening. But so let also me get I could this
1: straight like the hard yes is I've got one more not watching the last quarter, breaking well, your phone I did on and smelling some weed in the
0: park. And high fiving strangers, <laughs> and high fiving strangers. Nothing to do with
1: the game, just the accoutrements that go. Well, with I
0: it. will, I will, I will make. No, I did, I did before I, before I fled into the night, mm. into the Melbourne night. I did listen, like many others, to Darcy Moore's powerful thesis, an emotional ANZAC Day speech. Mm. And so that's my hard yes. But is it just me, or? Is Darcy Moore making every other AFL captain that ever existed yeah, yeah. sound like, you know, a mm. contestant on The Bachelor? Like the, one of the biggest slack-jawed, you know, Moore is like love him to death, but, you know, if you go back through the Collingwood captains, it's, it just pales in insignificance. In
1: yeah, he's raised a bar into like unforeseen territory.
0: Yeah, and he's I was thinking
1: busted, what? busted busted that discourse of what a football is meant to be yeah. wide open, isn't he?
0: Yeah, I was thinking like if he did a cameo, you know, it would just be you'd order like a two-minute rundown of Darcy more on global politics and economics. Yeah.
3: So I, think, like,
1: I think he must, you know. I mean, it goes without saying he's a smart guy, but I think he must look at, he must think about what would be expected of him in each moment in terms of a media presentation. And then he'll just kind of, Go the other way. He'll go. He'll go to a deeper form of knowledge. In this case, it was like, hang on. Like, do we really celebrate and do we really give credit to what this day is actually really really about? And he thought about it. Yeah, it's just elite. Went deep. Wrote his honors thesis. Um, crystallized it somehow in five or six flawless, if long-winded chapters. And um, by the end, everyone's just like, goggle-eyed at his yeah. eloquent ways
0: i was chatting to a um inner sanctum collingwood person who shall rena- remain nameless and he said for the last like however years it's always it's always been d'arcy giving the speeches you know at the end of the year and and at important functions well before he 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 assumed the mantle of of the collingwood captaincy and it's you can you can tell mm. right and um yeah, powerful. My you mate messaged it, me
1: awesome. this morning. Um, he said, uh, how can someone as eloquent and nice as Darcy Moore be captain of the pies?
0: <laughs> yes. And well, there's, there's a bit of
1: that in the football world at the moment.
0: There is this, yeah, there's an emerging narrative of, um, you know, Collingwood being this unhatable team, mm-hmm. which is is very jarring, right, for a lot of... Opposition supporters out there. There must
1: be opposition supporters that, you know, they're busy parents or whatever. They've got shit on, lots of work. They've only got a couple of hours a week they can really dedicate to footy, and they they've mm. stopped watching their team, and they oh. actually just tune into the Magpie because the bang for mm. buck. Oh yeah. You're gonna get two hours, or you're gonna get at least thirty minutes of high octane, like crazy shit, and it's worth always always gonna be of, the last thirty minutes.
0: Worth the price of KO for that month alone.
1: Alex, what to you? Consolation price hard yeses for me would be leading into the game, um, watching the Sav Severio and Dustin. What's his name? Fletcher. Oh, Fletcher. Yeah, you i was supposed to watch
0: this. No, I was supposed to watch this and I didn't. Anyway, didn't do, did my homework.
1: Great entertainment, not for the reasons you'd expect. Like obviously, no. Severio played and play, I think he kicked 10. So hang
0: on, set the set the scene. This was announced on the the club released this in the lead up. On their socials, and it's the two.
1: It's a dual uh, club initiative from both. Yeah. Hong okay. Right. Yeah. Severio Rocker and Dustin Fletcher played on each other in the '95 inaugural ANZAC Day, and I think Sev so kicked nine or ten.
0: Fletcher got a bath. The, the hardest. Why would he? Why would he front up to that?
1: And um, so the clubs come back, what twenty-five years, whatever it is, later, mm. and. Um, Made a video where they're both sitting there watching on a projection. <laughs> That's the, right, the I'll video of the now. game. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Ostensibly, yeah. I guess they're looking for highlights where, like, they give these deep insights or like jovial asides about what was happening. But these two guys are two of the most monosyllabic footballers <laughs> to have ever played the game, and yeah. I get the feeling the edit, the edit would have been a real painstaking oh, chore. yeah, pain. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was still heartwarming because we love the big hairy man. Uh, Sure, Severio and Dustin was good natured. Mm. Dustin actually, this awkward moment where they're watching, and um, you know, Severio makes some kind of aside, and then Dustin's kind of face dropped, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's that's when I got dragged off you." They had to move, (laughs) move him off Sav because Sav was dominating. So anyway, that's constellation prize. Spent too much time on that. Um, another constellation prize: the over the fence. Um, breaking of the fourth wall by the supporter with oh, that's Kyle right. Langford. I always love it when it's like a um, forgot about that. It's like a Truman Show moment when mm. a, a mere mortal audience member from the outer realizes mm. that they're on TV and that mm. they're living in this bubble and they can influence, you know, the reality around them. Um, yeah, and he just gave he just gave it to Kyle. We we all like that. A uh, bit of theater. That's right.
0: What did he He dropped. Yeah. He dropped. What did he do? Dropped the well, ball. He, he, and then, uh, he
1: held the ball out for Kyle Langford. And then just as Kyle was nonchalantly reaching for it, he just piffed it away and then gave <laughs> Kyle the. It wasn't as much the finger, it was the kind of fist yeah, type salute. Um, the big arm fist. So yeah, there's some good consolation prizes there. But my hard yes for Anzac Day, it could have gone any which way, but. It goes for what you might not to what you might not expect. One of the brilliant things about watching Collingwood this last month or so is that it's been a depth test. It's been a depth test that's come about unfortunately because of several injuries. And I've got to admit that when the team is lined up for the national anthem, a I didn't expect the New Zealand national anthem to be so rousing. B I, I just looked at the colourful boots uh in the lineup and it just filled me with like kind of dread i felt a feeling of weakness and i kind of went through one by one the players in my mind in in the anthem and i thought i thought that there's some weaknesses this is the honest truth
0: yeah in boot selection
1: (laughs) the boot selection was just kind of an association i didn't um I didn't.
0: didn't You're saying too, with, there was too much color, or? Yeah, only, I'm not sure. Yeah. The
1: only black boot guy, as far as I can recall, was Kruger.
0: Elliot wears a black boot, doesn't he? Or does, does that he? change? He used, he used to. Oh, uh, I think you
1: might mix it up. But on okay. one end, it was Darcy Moore and a few others. It was like four bright orange boots in a row. You've got Trey Rusco with like super pink ones. And yeah, the mm. boot, it was just a little bit disconcerting. In
0: 95, it was all um, Puma Kings. If
1: you didn't wear black Puma Kings ninety five, you'd be hazed mercilessly in the reps. Yeah, even like yep. I remember in the in the two thousands, it was like Kyle Remers of Essendon started to wear colorful boots, and it was literally a news story. You yeah, know, during white the week boots like was it old pl- X players like trying to yeah drag him down? Mm. But yeah, it's all very old fashioned for me to criticize the boots because clearly they can wear whatever the fuck they want. But my mentor kind of. I'm just trying to assess the strength of the side of this stage. I'm like, look, there is a few weaknesses. In terms of like players that might not be fully established, I hope we see I hope we see the best of them. But this is an opportunity for the bombers. It's a big opportunity for the bombers. Fast forward, fourth quarter. Those exact weaknesses prove me wrong. And I'm talking about players that were involved in key moments. To get us back into the game i'm talking about oleg a man oleg um who had some did some really nifty work on the wing and he just looks like he's he'll kind of pounce back up like a cat and he will just keep on trying even if he makes a mistake i know that you've read an article recently which endeared him to you
0: um he's the smiling footballer that's what we love about him got a good gets up and smiles
1: yeah good attitude um So him him being involved in really key moments in the massive pressure cooker fourth quarter Anzac Day, also shout out to Trey Rusco. I think he hit, uh, was it Ginnivan or Pennebry on the chest? I think it was the Ginnivan one. Was Trey Rusco, um, popping the ball or drilling the ball into the fifty? And Will Kelly. Now Will Will Kelly, perhaps, perhaps, um, the jury might maybe out on Will a little bit in terms of where he's at in his career and, and his progression and whether he's there yet, but just to see him involved and you know, with those Napoleon Dynamite good locks, good looks, and good locks. Mm. Great locks, actually.
0: Another headband is where I think that's like seven he's, in the team. But he, he's his
1: headband is warranted because he's got this frizzante hair. Yeah. In his keep two it, two minute checked. noodle yeah. Yeah, he's got some noodle hair. So that's my hard yes, like just the testing the depth and I kind of did Call it out in the previous pod. I think that players will be tested in big, young players will be tested in big moments on Anzac Day.
0: Yeah, and
1: they stood up as a as a unit. So
0: it really is the coach, isn't it? It's the coaching philosophy of um, getting the most out of out of out of the playing group, mm. but also players playing their role. And I think you know, I saw some I saw some commentary around in the last game against Adelaide. Um which is just insane. Jamie Elliott being dropped mm. to the seconds um to find form, which is just which is just the craziest shit ever because he he impacted the game in other ways, but he didn't he didn't hit the scoreboard. But I think the um the ability for McCrae to make players perform in um in a whole manner of different different ways and contribute to the team without mm. standing out is really a, a testament to his coaching. And we talk about Collingwood as a destination club. Now when we talk about Collingwood as a destination club, it's because we're winning and we want to attract the best, the key forwards, um, the free agencies. But what we're starting to see with this team is that we're going to be starting to attract the downtrodden, the crossroads, the players who are right onto their third or fourth home. The forgotten, the the vagabonds, the Olegs of the world. The vagabonds. (laughs) And regenerate. And restore them, restore their pride, restore their their hope.
1: We could be the first club to to field a whole team of rejects, is what you're saying. But win a premiership.
0: But win a premiership.
1: It's always the mark of a great club and a great club culture when you recycle players and they have their best career patch. Yeah. We're thinking of Lee Brown. Um, and the Lee Brown role, hmm. and there was a comparison on the WhatsApp between Lee Brown and Markov, uh, Markov and um, Frampton, our man Peter. When when you do have that second, third club opportunity, and then you're playing, you know, the football of your career, that's a massive vindication of the culture, the environment, and usually a senior coach who's willing to invest that player with the self-belief they lacked, and that's, I mean, that's fly McRae all over, the belief that individuals have in their ability to play a role. It's the old leg factor. It's the fly factor, and it's brilliant to see. Have you got any hard no's um, while we're on the
0: hards? Yeah, I do have a hard no, and it pains me to do this, but it is going out to my mother, Josephine, mm-hmm. um, who, and look, she's not up to date on all of the, the terminology Um, of the modern era, but she did send me a text last week, essentially doxing Jack Oh, um, by pointing out that he lived opposite my cousin. Um, now I know where my cousin lives, so I I know the address. Oh, right. And,
1: and so you went over there.
0: I haven't gone over there yet, but, um. (laughs) Flowers and chocolates. She, she did tell me that it was known along the street as a, a known party house, right? Yeah, as you'd expect, mm. with the pies up and about. But I was a little bit. I had to. I had to just temper my mum because she's not on socials. But if she was, that that's a cancellable offence. Mm. Um. So your yeah, mum. Mum gets the hard no. What my is other the address? Hard no, um, What's the address? Can you beat this out? You can beat this. <laughs> You know how to do this? No, I'm not gonna do it. You're not gonna you're not gonna get me on that one. You're not gonna get me on that one. That's that's Patreon. That's pie hard after dark. Um my other hard no. Yeah. And I'd love to know where you sit on the fence. Well, if I'm one, sitting on the
1: fence, then I probably won't have an opinion, but okay. <laughs> I'd love to
0: yeah. I'd love to know which side of the fence. Yes.
1: In the gutter at the bottom of the fence.
0: You've got your little electric bike on. Um <laughs> all of these fuck these Sunday games. Yeah. I'm not a fan, especially when you, when you have a victory mm. like the last two. I know it was on a Sunday game. Yeah. You, you can't kick on. You can't. You can't. You, you've got to be home. So I think, I don't know, is there, is there five or six Sunday games in a row? Because, you know, we've been looking at fixtures. We, we always mm. look for a couple of fixtures where we're like, this is the one, mm. you know, lunch. Saturday afternoon, MCG, boom, lunch into dinner, you know, keep going. Monday morning, and I can't find any. Mm. I think because there's one. There's one in like Perth, in like seven weeks.
1: Celebrating after a 440 Sunday game. Oh, it's a
0: it's a no. It's a
1: sad celebration. No it's how, a sad celebration. Yep. No matter how happy you are, you've got the Sunday set. It's kind yeah. of nagging, just yeah. behind those images of Nick. You know, floating through the center. Yeah, it is a sad. 70's, it's a, there's this lingering sadness. I've got nothing with the odd
0: Sunday game. I've got nothing with the odd Sunday game. But for this team, the way it's playing right now, to be languishing at 4.40 on a Sunday evening.
1: You know what we should do is... um,
0: And, yes, people are going to say that rates really highly because everyone's home, but this is not about rating. This is about raging. Given
1: the the season we had last... Yeah, it's shit to be given. You don't
0: play a grand final at 4:40 on a Sunday. We should be on Broadway. I think the NRL does way. that actually. That's Yeah, the NRL does that, but I think we have probably got a lot of next day. They've got a public, <laughs> <the next> day. <laughs> got a public go problem. I fucking love this. I love this about the NRL. We should do a, sec- a segment on this. Maybe we'll do it the next pod, but did I tell you I told you about the genius idea that NRL guys had about um I think they're going to kick off their season next year or the year after in Las Vegas and play every Jesus, <laughs> every um the first round. Is that for real? At, yeah, at Raiders Stadium, like because they can because it's like a similar. But mm. can you just can you just imagine the outs for the NRL team? Fuck yeah. you know, before they take the field,
1: how many shits in the corridors of the? Luxor? Oh my god! Like, be, um, how many sexual assault cases?
0: You'd get the Narcan out. The doctor would just be jabbing. Yeah, anyway. Um, sorry, uh, sidetrack. Yeah, it's Sunday. Um, what we should no. do is-
1: In the can. You mentioned the public holiday. We need to synchronize and you and I and just make one of these Sundays, make it a Saturday mm. in our calendars so that, you know, we'll go out after for Chinese and um, a, baz- a baz- bazillion beers and mm. uh, take Monday off you do. So I've got Absolutely. a hard no demo. Um I like it how Fly has taken to daring the opposition to tag Nick. And the mainstream fit football media will tell you that um that was a success on the weekend with Ben Keys, I think it was. Um
0: Well how many touches did he get though? Didn't he get like twenty seven?
1: Yeah, he had fifty something percent efficiency. Um anyway. It's still
0: pretty it's still pretty good. That, still a pretty good year. Yeah,
1: game. the hard no is like, okay, like Everyone wants that kind of come up in it's moment where it's like, oh, he is human and, you know, if it bleeds, we can kill it type of thing. But it's kind of bullshit. But that's not Mahadno. Mahadno is actually in the spirit of fly, daring opposition to, like, do something to help win them the game. What would you tell an opposition coach for their team to do in the fourth quarter? Because every fucking week, and, you know, we're giving out some kind of, Intel here for free, oppositions. Every week they decide to park the bus. (laughs) Yeah. Every week. Like they stop playing. They stop trying to attack. And I'm just wondering, Damo, what would you how would you honestly, you know, advise an opposition coach to to instruct their team to behave when twenty eight points up in the last quarter?
2: Yeah, well, I think we've spoken about this in the past,
0: but Collingwood Collingwood will play that style of football from start to finish. And so you've got to fight fire with fire. And I think the moment that a opposition football club with, you know, minutes to go on the clock or ten minutes decides to play a defensive mode, mm. then it's lights out. So you've got to you've it's got to be a blitzkrieg. Well we want like to every- be
1: Every contest in the last quarter, basically. And you
0: might, but you might lose, but you've got to, you've got to be attacking against this Collingwood Football Club. And I think that's why.
1: Right. You've actually got to go another level of attack.
0: You've got to go another level of attack.
1: You've got to steal the narrative from the Magma. So yeah. we own the narrative of the fourth quarters. No one can get a fucking sentence in. We own the whole fucking chapter, box, dice, yeah. novel, yeah. tome of the yeah. fourth quarter. Someone's got to come along and steal the narrative and do like a Mighty Ducks flying V formation, like some outlandish fucking attacking flair.
0: Yeah. because flying V formation would be great. I've always wanted to see that in a football field. Yeah.
1: You get like basically the whole team in a flying V and then inside the V there's one player with the ball just running and bouncing.
0: Protected, yeah. I thought about that as a kid. And if
1: if every player in the V, um, in the protection of the V protecting the kind of V itself is a Braden Maynard sort or a Bo yeah. McCreary sort. Not that we're doing this. This is the opposition trying to steal the narrative office. But if they're all that kind of bodily, you know, beast,
0: it could work. You know how coaches tend to throw players back? That's what happened yesterday
1: what if- was that we had one extra at the, at the
0: stoppages. Well, we'll get to this, but what what if... An opposition coach through as risky, yeah, but through everyone forward,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it's
0: like it could be, like it could be reverse, really torched on the counter attack, but this is what it's I'm the saying. This is Terry the, Wallace because you're actually this is exactly, you're congesting your own, you're flooding line. your forward line, but <laughs> so like, nobody it, can mark it. Well, it becomes mental, it's genius, it becomes mental at that point, but yeah, I did want to, I did want to pull this out. Um, someone pointed this out to me that, um, Darcy Moore is often forward. slung forward in those scenarios. Well, not often, but it is one of the it's one of the tricks they go to. I think it's happened more. Yeah, it's happened 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 a few times. Right. It's
1: a great. It's like that's really going for gold, isn't it? Because really, it chips in. They just chips wait. It chips in. But if he does kick, if he takes a pack mark and kicks the winning goal after the siren, it's like the greatest coaching maneuver of all time. But if, if. if Taylor <laughs> yep. Walker or somebody, what's the, what's the other guy that bashed Murphy? If they kick the goal the other end, you look a bit silly. Yeah. But anyway, the, the, the other hard note, and we don't need to dwell on this because it's been totally done this week, but I fucking Rinsed. need to get off because I need to ask you something.
3: Mm.
1: It's the umpire, right, from Adelaide. Um, Murphy, the play-on call in the back pocket, like he's just going to kick over the mark they call play-on. Gets smothered, I think. The Murphy Grimmis yeah. bodily harm call where he just gets like bashed in the face. The guy flying back, that that guy doesn't miss goals, what's his name? Just bashing him. The Dugowie deliberate call where he's avoiding the club doctor. The Johnson over the shoulder, over the face scratch call. The Darcy Moore um, free against, like over the shoulder against, weird. Yeah. I have not been that fucking furious. Could feel at the umpires ever. I mean, that was probably the worst I've felt directed. You know, my question to you, Dan, was like, I feel so enraged and so helpless. What do you do in the moment when you're on the couch? Because you don't have the ventability of being at the ground where you can just turn and look the other way and, like, you know, spit or yell or vent in other ways. You don't have that. What do you do on the couch to deal with the overwhelming tidal wave? Of vomitous disgust at the umpires.
2: Well,
0: I was at a pub, and I think, I think at that point, I, I was ordering some chips, so I actually didn't see, oh, okay. I didn't see one of the bad ones. But anticlimax. I feel like, um, yeah, I'm a bit of a quiet supporter, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah, Cerebral, I, I'm not internal, not super loud, not super loud. I pace. Yeah, okay. you know, like a like a thylacine at a um, yeah, at a Tasmanian zoo in the sixties. You know, the last thylacine just sort of walking around that really sad-looking concrete cage,
1: emaciated after your. But I will say, I will say, I, I
0: I thought about it. I thought about it because the the, I mean, the incident
2: that really, like, could have, fucked things up royally.
3: Yeah,
0: was not the Murphy one. It was the. Repeated cranial love taps that Ash Johnson got in the in the center in the goal square. Yeah, and it was he was like, running into an open goal. It wasn't
1: hard to see.
0: Well, it wasn't hard to see. So it goes back. This is, it goes back to my. I'm not a big rule change guy, but I think the captain should have a fluoro yellow bean bag in his pocket at all times. And when an incident occurs like that, now they only have one beanbag. Or three. Let me just clarify. One. No, they have one beanbag.
1: He could juggle them.
0: At any point through in the, throughout the game, Captain can pu- pull out his fluoro yellow beanbag. Throw it in the throw face. It directly, throw it directly at the umpire. If it hits the umpire in the face. With force.
1: Yeah. Has to hit the umpire in the face for it and to be activated. And
0: when the beanbag lands on the turf. Yes. Automatic... Up to the camera, up to the, what do you call it? Go up to upstairs. the box, upstairs. Take it upstairs. Now you get one of those a game. Yeah. And I think it should be it's reviewed. And obviously, I haven't thought this through. If the, too much, but if the bean bag splits
1: uh, on mm-hmm. the umpire's face and the beans come out,
0: all the beans, the white beans, yeah. If
1: the white beans come out on the umpire's, yeah, eyeballs, yeah, then we also get a hundred meter penalty.
0: I'll thinking, i was thinking, you know, the the I'm I'm talking about the bean bags, you know, that you used to have at school. Yeah, little bean bags. Those ones, little beanbags. Yeah. Not the big one. Not a big one.
1: <laughs> I could swear that Darcy Cameron's been hiding a big bean bag in his shorts this <laughs> whole season.
0: Yeah, the Anaconda. That's not helping him with his MCL, is it? I'll never yeah. That was uh He doesn't get the credit for that one. Known stick man, Darcy Cameron. Um everyone knows it now. But yeah, I I, I feel like <laughs> Our game could prosper from having a review. We do it with goals. So don't say that, you know, don't say it's crazy. It's changing the fabric. We already do it with goals and no one, no one has an issue with that. So yeah, I 100% think there should be a captain's overall beanbag law. The weird thing that is. It would avoid those situations. Because you'll, you'll always get a howler. Yeah. You'll always get, you'll always get you, a bad decision in a game. And it's a rub the green.
1: The unique thing about yesterday is you don't usually get five in a quarter. Or thereabouts, yeah. And there's four fucking umpires. Like they're they've been given permission to overrule it. The Murphy
0: time. thing was nuts. Yes, the Murphy <laughs> yeah. thing was what nuts.
1: They've, they've actually adapted that rule uh, mm. in weird ways to, mm. and the, the way they apply it is, if you run on a player facing the the way and make no con- no contact with them to speak of. Yeah. They still give that player free They still give that away. And that's you weren't looking for, yeah. the you the ball, look for the ball. You weren't looking for the ball. which is I think it's bullshit anyway because I yeah. don't think there's anything in the rule book that you have to look at the ball. It's just that you can't make like prohibitive contact. So they've already kind of gone so far the other way with protecting the player who's facing the ball. And then to see Murphy come at the ball and get like <laughs> just, I mean, it's, also, it's, it's almost farcical.
3: Mm.
1: He just got bashed in the face. And he marked it, mm. and then he goes off the blood rule, mm. and they don't stop the play
0: and, and allow us to replace the player. I knew you were seething. I knew you were seething on this one, and rightfully so. The only thing that made me feel slightly better was that Fly mm. came out in the press conference
1: and admitted that he was also seething. He said he was. That was good. Staggered. Yeah,
0: I like that. I like that. I think someone asked him, "Is he going to, um, you know, raise <laughs> Those are these questions? Like, are you going to raise it with the AFL?" Yeah, and he's like, "What's the fucking point?" It's like, every, like it was shit. It was shit. But what are what are we gonna do?
1: Every media conference since they brought in that rule is just media pundits trying to get coaches in trouble by criticizing umpires. It's like yeah. the subtext of like every yeah, yeah. conference that ever happens it after is, isn't game.
0: It? Looking for the headline. Looking for the looking for the lead. I don't know if it's aired yet, but did you watch the Mason Cox on 60 Minutes? Yeah, I did. Where there's a bit of a hard news thing. You did? You watched it? I watched it this evening before we. How do you on. watch it? How do you watch it? Well, is it on like YouTube or something?
1: I put it into Alta Vista, just just search engine.
0: <laughs> Ask Jeeves, and yeah. then
1: <laughs> and it comes right. up. Right. Interestingly, it comes up like that. You you click play oh. and it says you cannot. Watch it in this territory, and you're like, "Fuck!" Mm. But then there's three on there, so there's obviously all these Collingwood people like <laughs> trying to rip it and put it on YouTube. The third one did I Ma- tried.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, so this is you're on the you're in the you're deep in the dark web to screen this one. Silk Road. This crowed. isn't some Paramount Plus. Yeah, Silk Road.
1: Yeah. AKA. Can I ask a YouTube. question?
0: Did Did Mason have subtitles for the Americans? Because. <laughs> I feel like his accent is just getting warped. Yeah, more cartoonish. He got asked um, the Yankee uh, sixty Minutes the interviewer, host, the host, Steve Liebman of America.
1: He asked, "Is your are you the most American Australian in the room, or the most Australian American in terms of your voice?" And Darcy, uh, Darcy Mason said, "I'll always be American, but I'm kind of 50-50 now." Um, uh, not a great answer. Something like that. I, I kind of butchered it. He, re- he, he was mm. better than that. But um, mm, mm, mm. there were some, some good quotes, though. Mm. I made some notes. Um, Cox plays like a human blowtorch, not only catching and kicking, but mastering the art of the specky. <laughs> <laughs> the human blowtorch? like <laughs> blowtorch, yeah. You know when there's, like, there's certain ways that reporters <laughs> describe different <laughs> sports and, and yeah. it just doesn't ring, doesn't I make exactly- any visual sense?
0: <laughs> Like he's opening a safe in like a in a Looney Tunes cartoon.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no like, another one yeah. was um I just liked how they call they called him Craig McCrae. You know how they Yeah, Craig. Say, Craig. Oh my
0: god, yeah, crazy, hey? Craig. So funny. But my my We question, should just call him
1: Craig from now on. It's worth a watch. They do not I don't know how many like shows or whatever media moments have been in the US of them describing this sport which no one knows about. It always yeah. starts with like there's this wild, the roughest sport in no the world. Pads. Yeah, knows no pads. Yeah, no pads. I've seen yeah, the same yeah. media fucking presentation yeah. like once in two years for like Jordan DeGoei was
0: on American 60 Minutes like a year ago. Yeah, and they always say like. Albeit for the the Halloween issue, but yeah. they know the game. And they it's know always the,
1: the same montage of like blokes getting ironed out. It's always like Pol-X, Jordan yeah. Lewis getting.
0: It's a very. It's like
1: roughest sport and they don't wear pads. <laughs>
0: It's a very anti, you know, with the looming threat of a massive um, class action for concussion and mm. all of the all of the efforts that the AFL are doing to downplay it. Whenever the Americans get involved, get involved, they'll still pull out the, you know, <laughs> the guys getting absolutely fucked yeah. up, <laughs> knocked out cold, and the footi-
1: the footage they've got is like just ripped. let that one slip. That it's that like, one's ripped okay. off YouTube. They got this yeah, like yeah, yeah, pixelated yeah. shit. And it's like guys.
0: It's like West Coast in two thousand and six. Like there's there's no clarity of image, and this was obviously I, I saw it. I saw an image of this. So th- this was shot before the season, right? Like this was shot months ago. I guess so. They've
1: got like some footage mm. on the and down at the Lexus Center, like training and stuff. I don't know when it was. Yeah. It looked pretty sunny. But the thing, the thing that's funny to me is, even though it's all kind of this bombastic American bullshit, like kind of sensationalized, mm. but also really skin deep. Like, just there's, yeah. there's not really as much of a story there. But I, maybe also because we're so familiar with the Mason Cox story. The thing that gets me, though, is that we still enjoy it so fucking much, seeing ourselves through a foreign lens. Yeah. Like, what is yeah, that? Yeah, there is. You know, there's like always you,
0: something really weird about that, isn't it? You just get off on it like, I don't know, yeah. it makes you feel kind of special.
1: Oh, the Americans yeah. are watching us now on this show. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not immune to that. Like, I enjoy it too. There's they even like, like I mean, YouTube out there that But like, does
0: anyone even watch that? Like, what's the. Like, how many Americans are watching 60 million? Like, is it seen by. a, I don't like, know. We, it's we on see, it's CBS, like CBS. Assume it's that. like the Super Bowl, right? Well,
1: there's just so many of them, I guess. That there's what always. That? There's always like tens of millions of Americans who are like, whoa, I just found out about this Aussie sport.
0: What was that movie? What was that Eric Banner movie where. He he's like with Seth Rogen, and like built into the script is him wearing a St Kilda jumping jumper, watching the AFL and shit canning Collingwood. What like an American? Is this really film. fucking crazy thing from like fifteen years ago. <laughs> like oh, talk Eric. about breaking the fourth wall. Like <clears throat> I mean, how he slipped that past, you know, a script a Californian Hollywood scriptwriter. There is this like it just makes no sense,
1: doesn't make any sense. No, there's this funny moment earlier this year, or maybe last year, where I think it was this year where Mm. they're in the St. Kilda rooms and interviewing (laughs) these two young players, like draftees, yeah, who just played. And um, Eric Banner was like in the he's always hovering around, hovering, yeah. Yeah. And the presenter was like Lingy and someone else, yeah. And Lingy, I think, made an aside like. Oh, what's it like having Eric Banner in the rooms? And the two draftees looked at each other and were like, no, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, and then they were like, awkward silence. You mm-hmm. do know who, who, who Eric Banner is, don't you? And they were like, nah. Yeah.
0: And
1: it's just so one of those generational yeah. moments. Like, shit. Yeah. Eric is like, it's like Errol Flynn to us. It's like, oh, come yeah, on, maybe, maybe I've heard of that name. Anyway, <laughs> very good. Where were we? Cox.
0: Deep cut. Errol Flynn died in the 50s. That's great. Errol Flynn was
1: uh, actually Tasmanian. On uh, my recent sojourn, yeah he was born in Hobart and yeah. um, spent the first six or eight years of his um his life down there. So yeah, big, big Hobart. Um, yeah,
0: big Errol. Shout out
1: Hobart Tassie Devils guys. That what they're going to be called? The Devils? You'd think so.
0: Oh jeez, I they can't I, do um, they can't do targets obviously. Oh, thylacines. I think. um yeah, they just need to they need to put a bit more thought into that logo. Mm. I hope that was I hope that was just a mock up. Um oh,
1: hang on, I haven't seen that. Is there, Is it—is it just oh, like an apple it's shape
0: just, or something? It's, no, it's just exactly what you'd expect to see. Um and I don't think the color scheme works, but we we'll, we we'll, we'll save that for another pod. Um I don't know if you saw this Alex, but this is a couple of weeks ago now, but mm. I think it's it's
2: worth it's worth bringing up, but we love a good
0: Fly McRae philosophy, coaching philosophy. Now, we got word of this latest one from, I think, the coach of the Melbourne Rebels Rugby Union Club. Right. Who um, leaked it to the media that he had been spending some time with Craig McRae essentially to improve his own sort of coaching
2: methodologies and made reference to, Craig
0: McRae's take the stairs mantra. Now, you've all seen this. You've all read it. So at the start of the season, always looking for an edge, Mm. always looking for a theme. Mm. Upon his travels
2: in Barcelona and London, McRae would take images, unsolicited images, of people going about their business. Jeez. Now he said taking
0: he said taking elevators instead of stairs. I think he meant escalators, but we won't we won't we won't get into the minutiae
1: taking unsolicited images of women going up escalators in and
0: Barcelona men, and men and posting them around the club. Images, blown up images of people taking elevators instead of stairs. And he says, and I quote, for us, we're going to take the steps. Everything we do now, and you'll see us at the airport and at work, taking the steps. That's become our catch cry for the year, Mm. taking the steps to rise up the ladder, to qualify, to make the finals.
1: They love an overarching theme, don't they?
0: My only concern, and I love it, and don't get me wrong, I'm... I am 100% on board with the take the stairs mantra.
1: Except for you, Nick. You get to
2: take the elevator. But I just hope that
0: he has clarified this with the coach of the Collingwood wheelchair team because we are, no, I mean this, we are one club made by many and I don't don't think (laughs) – you could you could get away with that, but I, I'm not sure. I, I I don't know if there's I like I don't know if there is another angle that he takes for that one, or the coach for that matter. But um, all for it, love it. Just
1: letting yourself, just letting you dig it, dig your own okay, hole. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, well, it was, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it's not practical for pa- amputees, for instance. Um, not not practical. There's been a rape upstairs. As David Brent would say. Now, um, <sighs> Paul Seedsman's um, on the chur. That's right.
0: Yeah, medicinal.
1: Um, yeah, which is a really barbaric. He's on way the edibles, that he's, the
0: oils, the edibles. Well, he's had a he's had a
1: terrible time, Paul. Um, we like shocking. We like Paul concussion.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, I don't actually get to the front of the line. Get to the front of the um, class action line, seeds, because we love you.
1: I didn't see. I didn't know that much about it. He obviously sustained Get your, fill,
0: fill your boots one or more
1: concussions last year. And yeah. They actually took put him on the. They, they ruled him out for the year in January. So January seventeenth or something this year. So that says to me like his symptoms have been super oh, severe. It's bad because yeah, it's bad. If you're doing that in January, like three months before the start of the season, or two gave months, us a lot of
0: gave us a lot of hope, and um. Run and carry and dash during those dark star athletic mm. um, years, and he's a player that you know. Pye's man growing up, I don't know if he wanted. I, I don't know if he wanted to leave. I think he did. I think it was all about a fresh, fresh start or mm. a new coach, and have only ever wanted the best for that guy.
1: Yeah, uh, we do wish him all the best, um, and hope he does get back to play. I mean, Shane O'Brien played his whole career in medicinal cannabis, so. You can you can do amazing things
0: Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to revolutionise the game. Medicinal cannabis and um, bring it on, I would say. Bring it on. All right. Oh, this How is another we big, another big news what story we got? here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Geez, we almost missed this. We almost missed this. We're getting, we're getting down. This, the dockets, docket's yeah. nearly spent.
1: It is, but we've left it's a good blockbuster. One, a good one a blockbuster. Last. We yep. will never leave. A celebrity arms race moment on the cutting room
0: floor. Oh yes, at
1: Fireheart. Now, who did?
0: Yes, chef. Who yes, did we chef. have this
1: time, Demo? Who we, did, who had, did we Who do we notch up on the tally of celebrities?
0: That's right. That's right. Um, uh, we had none other mm. than celebrity chef. Give it to me, Gordon Ramsay. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. Fantastic. Drop in. <laughs> To the Collingwood Football Club, and it was really weird because he sort of came in via the car, not the car park, but like the far side like of the ground. Coddle Street, like not official, like sort of just jumped, started jumping fences, and then they did this sort of <laughs> weird. The club did this like weird sort of, um, you know, moment with Ramsey not near the not near the club rooms, just no. over the other side on a hill. And they were all wearing and- civvies, for the players. Well. The the players were wearing, and it's um it's definitely of the era, but they were all dressed in, you know, quadruple extra large mm. oversized baggy. shirts. Baggy shirts, baggy pants, baggy shirts. Look, not gonna argue with it. No, they're on point. Love it. Ramsey, on the other hand, had basically a spray-on white t-shirt. And I think we made a note of this. Look like Dermot Brereton. Yeah, he's from 1995. He's got this quaffed bang on,
1: kind of blonde
0: locks pointing up. And um, the boys were there asking him if he's going to go to the game, and he's like, "No, no, no, I can't, I can't." Um, And it was a really hastily organized sort of photo op. And then at the end, he just leaves via the same way, (laughs) like Like he just jumps the fence again, back over the Royal Hotel. And they must have been shooting. I think I think he's in town. He was at the Preston Market the other day. Like, yeah, it's one of those things somewhere. where you get really excited when it happens and you're like, oh, shit, Gordon Ramsay, that's that's huge. And then you see him at the soccer, you see him at the rugby, you see him at the Preston Market, and it's just it's a bit. I'll tell you who was excited. You're though. a bit ramsied out. Two things took me um, by surprise. One was
1: yeah. just how excited the players looked. There was no like dead eyes like, oh, media op. You know, we've been told by the media team that we've got to meet Rob Lowe. Um, mm. There was like this glowing excitement in the players' eyes. It was like Darcy Moore, IQ, maybe Titchell, can't remember, a few others. Mm. They were just beaming. The other thing that stood out was, as you said, the spray on top. But of course, we know with the the, the rules of the celebrity arms race, you have to force. The celebrity to don a piece of merchandise, or at very least touch it, they have to uh, like put a scarf around the neck or whatever. But yeah, ends Ramsey,
0: up in the hotel bin, I think we called it.
1: Yeah, before it goes in the aeroplane bin. But Ramsey went the whole hog and donned the plane Guernsey, and obviously insisted on John Noble's Guernsey, but with all of the team signatures on it because it was super tight, and it just immediately it was kind of recognisable as. 'Cause I've had this moment in the mirror. You may have too, although you're pretty lithe. When you look in the mirror and you suck in and stick your chest out and convince yourself that you're in, actually in good Nick. Yeah. Yeah, that like barrel chested thing where you're just like, oh clenching your abs. Trying to create a like cl- a hardened form of your flabby self.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He did he he was taking some some massive breaths in during that photo. But I have a question for you, Yeah, and I don't want to be dismissive of old Gordo because as of
2: the time of recording, mm. Gordon's net worth
0: is estimated to be 610 million quid. Gee whiz. That's what happens now when you break,
1: break into America, I guess.
0: Now, I'm no mathematician, but accounting for an exchange rate there, even if you paid... Uh, whoever it is is making the exchange a nominal fee. It's
1: a dollar per swear word. Puts,
0: puts him in the billions. Right. Nudges him into the billions. Now, my question for you, Alex, and for the, the, the harders out there, the wider listening audience, we talk about the celebrity arms race.
3: Mm.
2: Is Gordon the highest earning celebrity ever to attach themselves
0: to an AFL football club? I'm going to say yes.
1: It's a good question.
0: Unless The Rock, but I don't think so because I think Gordon's getting money well, we from- We had The Rock too, right? Yeah. Yeah, but- We had The Rock. I think he's getting it from restaurants. I think he gets it from cookbooks. It's just
1: trickling in all the time. It's just
0: trickling in. I think it's 90 million pound a year is what he's bringing in. Um, so yeah, just one to ponder as I guess we leave you on this, um, this Rock Solid Pie Heart episode is yeah, was Gordon number one on the chart of the celebrity sterning celebrity arms race? Is been, he number one?
1: We've been meaning to. I've done this call out before, but if anyone wants to collect a list, <laughs> a tally of yeah, each team's celebrities that they have on their list or in, as part of the arms race, and do mm. a graphical representation, whether it be pie graph or bar graph or whatever, of which clubs are ahead by ranking. The importance or the net worth or whatever of yep. the celebrities, the impact. I'm pretty sure we're going to do pretty well, um, but of course you need to then source an image of each celebrity touching a piece of club merch for that to qualify. So if there's any like serious like statistical savant harders, yeah, out there. The other question I'll ask before unpaid,
0: we just caveat unpaid,
1: unpaid. Um, well, certainly shout out the pod. Oh, massive. Interview yeah. even. If you'd we'll put this. your
0: spreadsheet on a t-shirt. I'm thinking,
1: and it can be really big, right? It can be like that website that tells oh, the truck Microsoft Microsoft Paint. to hit the Montague yeah. Street Bridge. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, My, yeah it can in be... fact, the more pixelated. Yeah, the shitter it is, the, the better. The shitter the better. It's so a really shitty online mm. telly.
0: Just put no effort in. Some effort. If we've got
3: Gordon, mm. wh- which
2: club's got Nigella? Oh,
1: Is she Portuguese? She's no. British. British. Nigella, you know <laughs> Buxon, Nigella Lawson.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I know. No. I'm I'm talking about or Italian. Oh, you mean
1: her heritage? T-
0: heritage, yeah, heritage.
1: I don't know. Just thought she was a Brit.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh I don't know. Good question. Um Gold
1: Coast, perhaps.
0: Fremantle. Fremantle, yeah. Yeah, it works. no, not Fremantle. No, not Fremantle. No,
1: freedom, Fremantle's Adam Lior, kind of vanilla, but well meaning.
0: Yeah. No, Nigella, <laughs> maybe Carlton. Carlton. Maybe yeah. the Tassie Devils. Yeah. No. Yeah, we could we could It's a good question. You've stumped me on that one. Well, this could be a hard ask, so Heston Blumenthal, though, this is this is where it gets a bit murky. Heston Blumenthal is a known pies man. I've so got that's him really as well. Yeah, that's we've got him on the books. Did we claim him? We claimed him. It was about six years ago. So that right. So we're some really big maybe heavy we're just hitters of the claim, restaurant world. Here
1: I am thinking we have to divvy up the celebrity chefs. Mm. We could just claim the whole sector. Yeah, we could have Rick Stein, Heston, yeah. Gordon.
0: Who would Rick Stein be? Jamie Oliver, Sydney Swans, definitely.
1: Yeah, Rick. Yeah, Rick. Definitely. Yeah. I oh, Rick. That. Love Rick. Love, love Sydney um, too to visit. You wouldn't want to live there.
0: Seafood, fresh. Uh, okay, so we. I think that's it. I think we're done. Mm. Um, we're back Speaking to. Speaking of programming. Sydney, we play Sydney. Yeah, on Sunday. we do play Sydney. It. Good segue. That was deliberate. Going to make deliberate. it down. Uh, I don't know. Is it Sunday again? It's another it another is.
1: beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I think it's three twenty this time for memory. I will so.
0: say it's nice to play Sydney at the MCG because they have had a lock. On that home game, well, I think we still might play. We them. play them again, do we? Yeah, we okay, always that's how play we, that's them. That's how they get away the of of the the
1: yeah, 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 It's yeah. always a fucking grind. I put. I don't
0: know. Are you? Are you going? I am. I'll go, go if you go. I've made a. Okay.
1: Yeah, I've made a. Um, All right. I know it's you know a lesser team, and mm. you know it's not mm. going to be ninety five thousand, but I just think we have to treasure every game. Yeah, yeah we man.
0: we do have to. Yeah, something special is happening. And we like need to you, um, take this to the bank.
1: Like you. I would love to see the swans, just like floppy arm children on the G, because the what G time? at the moment it has yeah. some skeletons in the closet. For just out steady. of
0: interest, the game starts at three twenty. When would when would the fourth quarter start? Because <laughs> I think for the next few games, I'm going to say five, ten. I think we just get there five minutes before the start of the fourth,
1: and settle in. And never watch. With the popcorn. Yeah.
2: With the popcorn.
1: Can I imagine, Has that been done before? I can imagine walking in and if, yeah. if we're in front. As the Swans fans If, are, if we're in front at the free quarter time when we yeah. walk in, it'd be super disappointing. Mm. We'd be like mm. throwing the popcorn on the ground like front. Yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. want at least 28 points down.
2: Yeah. I hope
1: we pants them. Jeez, after yeah. that. We have talked about a little bit, but after that preliminary final, just the discombobulating horror Dark. of, like, the dimensions of that ground where oh. we were almost sitting on the fence. And a play players would be, like, swan's players would be, like, kicking it from the wing. And
0: that's then horrible.
1: it lands on someone's chest in the, uh, the goals. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Because yeah. the dimensions, like, all of the spatial.
0: Well, that's why we needed Mitchell back then.
1: Everything was so whack about that night. I mean, it was an incredible yeah. spectacle and it was
0: yeah it's like the it's like the nab-oz kick at halftime
1: yeah and it was there's uh,
0: one one kick out of the center and it's on on the top of the forwards head
1: bizarre but let's get it's them on the big world. big stretchy expanses the paddocks the open spaces and see how they go against the the basters all right um let me ask you one more question okay for a mm. sydney game to avoid the, Sid- the Sydney Sunday say that we mentioned.
3: Yeah. Would
1: we be visiting Friend of the Pod Jack Ginevan, um care of your mum's yes. address or Friend of the Pod Paul Seedsman
0: to get some of his gear. Which way do we go? Oh, <laughs> uh, I think I think Seedsman on the way in and then uh, Ginnivan's after. No, it's the, the,
1: that's the it's the other way around. You want to be amped
0: on the way in then you want to Mellow. Oh, geez, I don't know about that. <laughs> Either way, there'll be some. <laughs> oh I don't know about that one, but we'll see. Yep, each to their own. <laughs> I'll tell you where that is actually after this episode, once we stop recording. Oh. No, just kidding, Jack. Would never do that. No doxing. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, remember to follow Piehard at Piehard Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Loving the DMs by the way, I'm getting some really fantastic DMs after a game. Not fit for, for reprinting or broadcasting by any stretch. Piehard after dark. This is Pie Hard.